Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Just better now. That's all you can say. Run, Lindsey. Lindsey Scott. Lindsey Scott. Lindsey Scott. Welcome to the Blog the Dogs podcast. I'm Herschel Gurley here, as always, with my co-host, Boss Dog. Boss, bark at the people. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we're just going to do a quick uh, recap of day one of the NFL draft. Lots to dive into. Yeah, great night for the dogs last night. Obviously, everybody kind of knew Andrew was going to go at some point. There had been some speculation, especially leading up the last few days, that Isaiah may go too. And so that was great that he did. Uh, Obviously, a big surprise. Well, maybe surprise is the wrong word, but I think everybody had kind of countered on, especially with a lot of the chatter and how the the draft board laid out that Dre would go yesterday also. So uh, why don't we just kind of dive in there? What were the biggest surprises for you from everything yesterday? Seeing Andrew go number four wasn't as big a surprise as the pundits seem to think. I mean, ESPN kind of skewered him, actually, which really kind of aggravated me. Kuiper was like, he's my fourth best offensive tackle. Like, everyone kind of seemed to think that the Giants were going to go offensive tackle or Isaiah Simmons. They just didn't think they were going to take Andrew, which I don't really get, you know, the the hate that not – not hate, but – he just got picked apart in the draft process. I don't really get it. Now, granted, we look through everything through red and black glasses, but Andrew, to me, you know, he started 41 games. He started as a true freshman at right tackle, started the last two seasons at left tackle, and he was dominant. You rarely saw him have get beat, much less have a bad game. So I didn't really get all the hate and seeing Makai Becton from Louisville, like they're enamored with the workout warriors. And I'm not that type of guy. I like, I like film and you see Andrew Thomas week in and week out go against the best players in the you know country. Like, I mean, he dominated Chasen who went, I think 20 or 21 to Jacksonville in the sec championship. I mean, Chasen did nothing in the sec championship, not that it mattered. So for me, Seeing Andrew go number four was great, but my favorite reaction of the entire night was when Isaiah got drafted and seeing uh, his mom basically uh, rip his girlfriend off of him so that Mama Bear could get in there and get a hug with her baby. That was my favorite reaction of the entire night. Yeah, some really, uh, I think, unintentional comedy as it pertained to the broadcast last night. A lot of funny stuff. Um, I don't know if it was Javon Kenlo's pops or, or what family member it was, but just hit the stop, drop, and roll as soon as the cameras hit him when when Javon was drafted. I mean, that was phenomenal. I think Jake Roos tweeted something like, how can we get Javon Kenlaw's dad or the guy in Javon Kenlaw's living room into into every single draft day um, set up? I just thought it was really funny. I like audibly laughed out loud by myself in my living room when that happened. So that was funny. As it pertains to Andrew, I, I think this happens every year, right? Like, People forget that you're picking a football player and they think that you're picking this guy based off these combine workouts. And it's become such a cottage industry now, like all this draft eval and mock drafts and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I think you know my thoughts on the whole combine process. 
you got guys that play three and four years in college, put all this stuff on tape, and then we're going to evaluate them uh, when they work out in tights and a cutoff t-shirt. It just seems insane to me, especially for a position like offensive line, right? Like, what are we going to learn at the combine about an offensive lineman? I just think it's insane. Also, too, I mean, come on, from a character perspective, If I was a Giants fan, I would be thrilled that Andrew Thomas is now going to be the anchor of our offensive line for however many years he ends up staying in New York. I mean, just an A-plus kid all around, on and off the field. So I'd be jacked up. Who cares what Mel Kuyper says? I mean, look, I respect what Mel does. Anybody that builds a business like that out of their basement and kind of creates something out of nothing, hey, man, I love that. Love that hustle. But Mel is, I mean, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to get upset one way or the other about what the evaluation of Andrew is based off those guys. Uh, he's the type of kid that's just going to go to work and get things done. So loved that. Were you su- surprised that Isaiah went or did that kind of fall in line with stuff you'd been reading and, and kind of what your feelings were a- a- after the whole process played out? If you were told me six weeks ago that Isaiah was drafted in the first round, I would have asked what you were smoking, but as it got closer and then free agency played out and just kind of seeing all the tackles um, shifting around and the tree, you know, Vrabel's a, a Belichick disciple. He fit right in with Tennessee and with Jack Conklin, I think Jack Conklin went to Cleveland. I mean, they had a hole on the right side and with Isaiah being drafted there, just, it, it was a perfect marriage. And with Isaiah fitting there, he's not going to be asked to move to the left side. And I think that was a big question with that, with uh, Isaiah was Isaiah going to be a left tackle or a right tackle in the league. And he's not going to be asked to, to play left tackle because they have Taylor Lewan. So he's going to just slide right into Ka- Conklin spot, play right tackle where he's, he's most comfortable where he's played the last two seasons. And he's just going to continue to do what he does, which is just maul people. You know, they're a downhill running team. He's a perfect fit for that offense. Honestly, I, I'd really like to see him and you know him standing next to Derrick Henry. I think that'd be a, a great picture um, with those two behemoths standing next to each other. Uh, but just as it got closer to the draft, there was just so much chatter with him in Tennessee, him in Tennessee. It almost seemed like people expected it, but then you know when you get this close to the draft, there's so much misinformation. So you almost people are blowing smoke. So you're like, okay, is this real or is this not? So when they picked him, it, I wasn't surprised. But then in the, on the flip side of that, it was like, I wouldn't have been shocked if they didn't pick him. Yeah, I thought that was a great landing spot for him too. I think scheme-wise, what they try to do will be great for him. Uh, obviously, very run-focused offense. Derrick Henry had a massive year last year. I think the other thing too, culturally, is he walks into a room with a lot of veteran offensive linemen, which I think is good for any rookie, right? Not just not just Isaiah, but he, he gets to go into a spot where I think from a pressure perspective, it's probably going to be lower pressure than, say, some of the other offensive linemen that were drafted high. So that's good for him, I think. And he'll have the opportunity to learn with a good crew there. Also, in, in Ben Jones, the center there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, nice. You know, yeah. Georgia, Georgia guys on the line. Love that. Um, I just think schematically too, it'd be good for him. Um, not that he's not a good pass blocker. I thought he was a good pass blocker, especially with the elite talent that you face in the SEC. So I think that'd be a good fit for him. Nashville's obviously an awesome town. So uh, that was great, man. I, you know, he just seems like such a, a fun kid too. Just a good kid, kid you want to be around. So I was just really, really excited for both of them to get that opportunity. Um, why don't we talk about a little bit about Dre just because 
for me anyways, that was a bit of a surprise, especially the way the draft board fell. I thought he would get scooped up at some point, either by Miami or Kansas City there late. When Kansas City was on the board and they didn't take him, that was probably a bigger surprise than the Dolphins not taking him a couple picks before. But did that kind of hit you funny that Kansas City decided to go with a running back and then didn't decide to go with Dre? To me, that was the second biggest shock of the draft with Kansas City picking a running back. If they would have gone a different position, that wouldn't have been a surprise. But them picking Edwards Elair over Dre was a huge shock. You and I talked about this last night. He's a thicker version of Darren Sproles. So, I mean, it wouldn't really surprise me if he just fits into that mold of his offense. But Kansas City doesn't have an every down back and maybe that's just they didn't see Dre as an every down back and they're just going to pair him with Damian Williams and kind of roll with it that way. But I thought that they would go with someone who they thought could be like a, a one and a two and then move Williams into that third role, which is what he was at the beginning two years ago before Hunt got uh, got released. So I was really surprised that that they picked a running back and did not pick Dre. I thought that Kansas City was the perfect landing spot for him. I I still don't think Miami is a very good landing spot for him just because Miami has so many holes. But looking at the way the draft board sits up in the second round, Miami still needs a running back. I mean, there's several running backs still left. Miami still needs a running back. But you look at the way the draft board set up, there's not a lot of teams that need a number one running back. There's a lot of teams that need a number two. So if you want for a platoon, then Dre's going to fit in a platoon, but there's not a a lot of teams that need a number one. And I don't see Kansas City coming back around to draft another running back, you know, in the second round. I mean, obviously they're, they have other needs too on the defensive side of the ball. So, but it was really surprised to me that Dre wasn't drafted in the first round, um, especially the way, like you said, the draft board fell. I do see him getting drafted fairly early in the second round. And I do see a, a run on running backs here coming in the second round. You know, once one goes Another team's going to be like, oh, crap, I need to draft my running back before the running back I want before someone else gets him. So it's only a matter of time. I thought it was interesting. I saw a, I don't know if it was interview with local reporters, teleconference, whatever it was. Andy Reid said after the pick and evaluating it that um, he reminded him of an old, an old Villanova grad that he drafted many, many years ago, Brian Westbrook. So obviously that was just a case of they had their board set. They had a guy they liked. He was there. Uh, and they snagged him. I think if you think about it from a value perspective or an organizational perspective, is that a guy maybe they could have gotten later, right? So maybe look to trade out of that spot, maybe look to, I don't know. I I just felt like Edwards Alaire, great player, right? I mean, had a phenomenal year, uh, by all accounts, a great kid. So they're obviously getting a a great player and a great person. So that's good for them. Um, I just thought value-wise, maybe it was somebody they could have gotten later. But again, I think it was just something where they played their board. He was the top. That was the need they wanted to fill, and they filled it. To your point, uh, yeah, the, the way the board sets up, I mean, you're looking maybe maybe 39, Miami takes Dre, or, I mean, I, I think he'll go, he'll be one of the first ones to go, because who else is that? Who else are they looking at? J.K. Dobbins, maybe? So, yeah, I think Dre will go. Who else, uh, what a while, before we move on to the kind of stuff today, I know we talked about this a little bit last night, but I think for both of us, the only I think huge surprise of the first round. I mean, I know people were questioning Atlanta's pick, but I think Jordan loved Green Bay kind of knocked us off a little bit. I don't understand that at all. I know that Rodgers is in his 16th season, but Rodgers has had one injury in the last three seasons. He's shown no signs of slowing down at this day and age. Quarterbacks play well into their early 40s. I don't understand drafting 
his replacement. Now, I know they only gave up a fourth round pick to move up four spots to get him. I understand that the cost wasn't extravagant. But if you're thinking that Rodgers has a four to five year window, a rookie contract for a first round pick is four or five years. Why are you drafting a quarterback now when Rodgers hasn't shown decline? I mean, yeah, plus, isn't he under contract to like 2024? That's the piece that I don't understand is you've got him locked in. You just went to the NFC title game. They really have no edge talent, uh, so not a ton of weapons for him. I, I just I didn't get that piece, and it's not like the, the NFC is some juggernaut when it comes to teams that you got to beat to get back there. And I don't remember which one showed the graphic because I, I, at this point when they picked Love, like I was so flabbergasted, I flipped back and forth. I think it's been since Rodgers – they haven't picked a skill position in the first round. That's correct. Until, yeah. until this year. Like, yeah, I saw I, something I, since since 05, they've gone two quarterbacks, two offensive linemen, and then like 12 defensive defense. players. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, give the guy some help. I mean, Devontae Adams is great. Aaron Jones is great. But those are all guys drafted later. I mean, second round, I think Aaron Jones was a fourth or fifth round pick. Devontae Adams obviously was a second round pick, but Aaron Jones is somebody you found. It wasn't somebody you drafted expecting him to be what he is. You developed him to, into what he is. Part of me thinks that, I know there was talk in the beginning of last year that Rodgers and LaFleur really didn't get along. And maybe there's some real truth to that. I also am not a Jordan Love fan. I mean, they say that he has the arm talent of Mahomes, but I mean, he played at a mid-major and two years ago put up great numbers, but you play in mid-majors. I, I just, I, when I watch the film, I just don't see it translating to the NFL. Maybe if he has a couple years to sit on the bench and develop, but I have a feeling that Rodgers is going to do the same thing to to love that Favre did to him. Favre didn't really help Rodgers develop, and he hasn't really been shy about saying that. Favre wasn't really shy about saying it because Favre was kind of pissed that Rodgers was drafted to replace him. I kind of feel that Rodgers is going to kind of feel the same way that Favre felt when Rodgers was drafted. He's going to feel kind of slighted, so especially because he's kind of been pining He even said earlier in the day, there was an interview, I can't remember who it was with, but he, he actually was on the radio and said that, you know, we haven't drafted a skill position in X number of years. That'd be kind of nice. Like that's actually what he said. So he's kind of jockeying for that. And then he doesn't get it again. He doesn't get help again. And he gets his replacement drafted. Yeah. You know, what's funny too, is when that pick came up, there hadn't been, I don't guess a ton of talk about where they were leaning one way or the other. And I kind of was thinking, man, maybe they'll take Dre. You get kind of an explosive player, so might catch the ball in the backfield, which they obviously want to do. He can run the football. So I thought that might be a good fit, just wearing a different colored power G. But uh, obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> I think to your point, too, about him like helping Jordan Love, like no chance that happens, right? Like, I mean, not that they're not all prima donnas at the quarterback position, but is there a bigger prima donna at the quarterback position in the NFL than Aaron Rodgers? Not, not like he's high maintenance or anything. So, no, uh, no. yeah, yeah, I, I don't really see him being Jordan Love's uh, biggest mentor there. So uh, I will say, uh, saw his interview last night after he got drafted. Seems like a really good kid, um, nice kid. Um, that's side story. Couple side stories about the Jordan Love pick. I thought the uh, fan wall was one of the things that probably didn't work that well in the virtual draft, but uh, the Green Bay pick, it was epic because the guy top middle just had the best <laughs> reaction of yeah. all time. Like, yeah. I mean, if, if his face was, you know, you could probably write an entire long form sports article about the expression from his face. I mean, it was fantastic. So that was great TV. I did enjoy that. Um, the, the other part about it was um, I just felt like, 
in general, the, the way the setup was, it was obviously a little bit different than we're used to. But I think everyone's just so starved for sports. It was just awesome to have it. Like, I cannot tell you the last time I watched every single minute of the first round of the NFL draft. I watched all four hours last night just because I just, you like need something, right? So, so that was good. And yeah, like I said, I think our only big surprise from the Georgia side was I think we both thought Dre would go. So that kind of shocked me. Saw he tweeted after it was over, which kind of indicates, hey, somebody's going to pay for this. So that's, that's good. Uh, I think wherever he ends up, he'll be great. What are, what are you thinking about today? Where do you think things may lay for for dogs? I think in my mind, there are four guys that are looking to get drafted today. I think, obviously, I think Dre is going to get drafted. So that's definitely going to happen. And I think the other three we're looking at are Solomon, Jake, and JR. I mean, is that what you think for today? I think Dre's a given. If Dre somehow does not get drafted in the second round, I think that that's just, that's a travesty. I think with New England trading back and getting another second round pick, I think that that's also huge for Jake because you can't tell me that New England doesn't like Jake. I, I can't say that, that they're definitely going to draft him, but you can't tell me that they don't like him. I think with them, with picking up a second, because they didn't have a second from the Sanu trade and then getting another third, I think that that, because I think that gives them now three third round picks, that gives them ammunition to either trade up or sit right where they are and get Jake if they, if that's who they want. So I see Jake coming off in um, late second, early third Dre somewhere in the second. I think I do not think Dre gets past 52 at LA with the Rams. If, if he gets to there, I think that's his landing spot. I think that's as far as he falls. If someone doesn't trade up and get him Solomon Solomon's interesting. If Solomon would have had a pro day, I think he's a second round pick. Because he's just, he's outplayed his, I mean, his ranking, he's outplayed everybody. Every year it was always talk of Solomon's going to, someone's taking Solomon's job. Every year, someone, someone new, Ben Cleveland, every year there was someone new coming in, some five stars, some four stars coming in and taking, uh, coming in and taking, I'm sorry, uh, Jamari Sawyer coming in and taking his job. And he just kept his job and he was very good uh, every year. And I think not having a pro day really kind of hurt him because he didn't do all the drills at um, the combine. So he really could be anywhere from late third to fifth round at this point. It really just depends on need, fit, team. Uh, I think for him, a really good fit is Jacksonville because Marone is a former offensive line coach. And I know um, Marone loves that type of body size for Kinley. So, but I mean, I don't really know their needs, but I think that that's a great fit for him, but he really could fit anywhere between three and five and Jr. Same thing for me. I think he could fit anywhere between three and five. I think he's another good fit for new England. They love that type of rangy. He reminds me of a young McCordy, the safety. I can't remember their, the twins names. Um, one's a corner, one's a safety, the safety. He reminds me of the safety. So he definitely could fit in New England. New England, if they do have three third round picks, he definitely could slide into the third round. Yeah, so I'm looking at the board. I think for Jake, I think one of the places maybe you look to is Indy, right? Um, got Phil Rivers on a one year deal. Um, Jacoby Brissett is what his backup deal runs out maybe after this year. So maybe they look for some youth at the quarterback position. Frank Reich, an offensive guy. Uh, so I think that might be a good spot. They pick at 34 and 44. So maybe Jake gets some love there. Um, you know, speaking of JR, I, I've kind of been looking at Baltimore for him too, right? Maybe he slides in there somewhere, uh, could play special teams for them. 
could play in that defensive backfield, defensive-minded team. They want to run the football. They got a lot of picks today. I think they've got four day two picks. So um, I kind of like him there. I agree with you on New England. I think that'd be a great fit for JR. Um, obviously, New England loves loves picking dogs. So um, that would be good. Uh, the other one, this is just my own personal preference, but man, how great would New Orleans be for Jake? I'd love to see him laying there. I don't know if that's a that's a need or something that they want, but man, I just think that's a good spot for him. You get to be behind Drew, play for Sean Payton, great offensive guy. I think that system would fit what he does well. So that would be neat. No, New Orleans does need a quarterback because they let Bridgewater go. Obviously, they weren't going to sign him. And I mean, Taysom Hill plays so many other positions. I mean, if they can't go into the season with just Breeze and Hill, because yeah. if if Breeze goes down, Hill's the starter. They have nobody behind him. They have to have a third quarterback because Hill plays. I mean, he's a jack of all trades. He plays special teams, wide receiver, running back. I mean, he's a he plays all the time. And if Hill goes down, you have nobody behind Breeze. So they have to have a third quarterback. So I'm not saying it's going to be Jake, but it, they have to have another quarterback somewhere. Yeah, so it looks like they have no – New Orleans has no pick in the second round, I don't think. And then in the third round, they pick – let's see here. They pick 88th, and that's all they got today. looks like all New Orleans has the 88th pick today. So if that's where he's going to go, maybe it's there. Maybe they get him in the fourth. But um, if we're looking at places he could fall today, you know, Indy's got a few picks – that, that could be a spot for him. I've, I've heard some scuttlebutt about Tennessee, but I, I don't really know if that's a logical landing space for him. I mean, I think that offense probably sets up well for him, but they just signed Tannehill to the deal. So, uh, you know, I don't know how, how functional that is. I mean, maybe that is good. Maybe he kind of goes in there, no pressure, and blows everybody's socks off, and, and then that works great for him. But, um, yeah, I, I'm with you, too, on that. I, I don't think you can on New England in that conversation. I mean, are they making the choice that they're rolling with Jared Stidham and, and Brian Hoyer? Uh, come on now. You tell me that's Belichick's master plan? No chance. No chance. I mean, unless uh, he's really trying to you know set up for next year to draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields at the top, which I, can't, I cannot see Belichick tanking a season under any circumstance. Plus, I mean, man. He went, you he went 11-5 with Matt Castle. Plus, man, you can't tell me the ego's not complaining about that this year, right? Like, he's been having to hear all this stuff. And they can say they don't hear it. They hear it, all right? And he's been hearing that he's not what he is without Brady. And Brady's been hearing he's not what he is without Belichick. I'm telling you something. They both want to have monster years this year to try and say, look, I'm fine by myself. So, yeah, Bill's got something that he's churning. And I will be interested to see what that is. I thought it was very interesting. They traded out first round yesterday. Just like, yeah, we'll just get some more picks. Like you said, that pick at thirty-seven gets real interesting. I don't think Jake will go that high because I they've got they've got the ammunition to do it. But it's the draft, man. Only one, one only only one team's got to fall in love with you. So it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I am very interested to see where Dre goes, just because I think he's a fit guy too, right? Like I think that's why I was kind of kind of stunk that Kansas City didn't take him because I thought, man, what a perfect offense for him. And you know, Andy Reid would figure out how to use him as a talent. That's why if you're a fan of LSU and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you got to be pumped that he went to Kansas City because they're going to do everything they can to involve him and get him touches. So I think that's good. I think one other takeaway, at least from last night, is 15 SEC players taken, right? Which I think should speak to the value of Isaiah Wilson and Andrew Thomas. You got all these guys that are going, and these guys have got multiple seasons entrenched in the line there. So if you're if you're fans of those organizations, you ought to be excited about it because they're playing the best. 15 guys. That's the SEC just keeps steamrolling people, brother. 
Yeah, can we stop with the SEC bias? I mean, it's it's not college football that thinks it. The NFL uh, clearly, based off of last night, shows it too. Did you hear Kirk say it last night yeah, on the ABC it, broadcast? Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. ridiculous. There, the the SEC just clearly is the dominant conference. It's the SEC, and then there's Ohio State in the Big Ten, and then it's everyone else, and Clemson in the ACC, and then everyone else. It's just it's the SEC, two other teams, and everyone else. That's just how it is. Yeah. Sorry, just facts. Yeah, I mean that was that was very evident last night. I mean those were the it was the SEC, Clemson, and Ohio State. Like that was the talent. TCU sneaking in with two picks last night, huh? That kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, they almost they got a third a third guy that's going to be uh, here pretty high in the second round too. A defensive lineman, I think Ross back yeah. or something like that. So there was talk that he might sneak into the first round, but yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. I thought maybe one of the steals, which I didn't think got trumpeted a lot last night, but. Man, I thought Arizona getting Isaiah Simmons where they did on the board. Nice pick for them. That offense is obviously going to do some fun things anyways with with Kyler and to get a guy of that caliber on defense. Mm. I would have been pumped if I was a Cardinals fan. It's a great pick for them, but, I mean, you still got to protect Murray, and they they really needed an offense. They really need help on the offensive line. Their offensive line is just atrocious. They go 72 in round three. Maybe they pick up Solomon Kenley. I'd be all right, hey, I'd be all right with that. Yeah, I'd be all right with that, too. They got Galliard over there still. He's a backup, yeah. backup as offensive lineman. Yeah, Solomon can pl- trade red for red. That's That works. Well, uh, how about any more thoughts about the draft, either last night or what's going to happen today? I'm excited. Yeah, I love the draft. I'm a draft junkie. So, I mean, this is just one of my favorite events. Regardless of what's going on in the world, this is always one of my favorite events. I, on the other hand, do watch the draft, both the first and second night. Third night, third day, I'm not. I just follow it on my phone. But the first two nights, I watch all of it. I love it. I follow it on my phone. I love everything. The only thing I will say is, is that I thought last night worked really, really well. It caught, took a lot of the fluff out of it. I was very happy with the way it worked. And it wasn't just because I'm starved for it. I a lot of the pop and circumstance with the people coming up, the hugs and all that I could, I could do without all that. Like I love the, the raw emotion of the families and stuff like that. That's my favorite part of it. And just seeing where people go. I just, I'm a draft junkie and I love that. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was great. It's just good to have something on that felt a little bit normal. I mean, even though it was kind of a weird production, uh, I thought it produced a lot of unintentional comedy, which I'm always here for. Uh, and Twitter was going nuts with stuff, which was fun because it kind of felt like a, a sports weekend, which I feel like we haven't felt in a while. Uh, so yeah, that was awesome. Uh, and we will be looking intently to what happens tonight for the dogs and then what happens tomorrow. So hopefully we can, we can get nine guys selected and, and set a new mark for the, for the program and get as many eyeballs on the power G as possible. So, um, Anyways, we will be looking, as I'm sure everybody else will, if y'all will uh, give us a go on and, and listen and, and rate us and review us and subscribe. It's good for us, good for the podcast. More people can hear. We love talking dogs with as many people as possible. So bark at us on Instagram, bark at us on Twitter, uh, interact with us any way you can. We'd love to have that interaction and talk dogs with as many folks as possible. So thank y'all for being with us and go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.